Hey folks, it's Joseph Noop here. I hope you've had a good weekend, and I, uh, you know, I definitely did. I got to uh, co-host on Kind of Funny Games Daily with the wonderful Mr. Greg Miller. You can find that on their YouTube channel. That's the uh, episode where we got to talk about Metroid 4, uh, literally restarting development. And I uh, got to hang out with my wonderful partner as well, kind of exploring San Francisco and seeing all the sights. And this week's episode is a really nice one. I, I was fascinated to hear from Matt Silverman. Uh, he runs a YouTube channel called Free Dad Videos in which he just essentially films his five-year-old daughter. He started the channel when she was three, but she's five now, and kind of documents her growing up, uh, all the funny and silly things that, they, that she says. They make music videos sometimes. They make kind of like comedic parodies sometimes. And most recently, most importantly, I think, he and Amelia work together to make a short film called Nomad Squadron. If you're like me, you saw the trailer for it about a week or so ago on Twitter and said like, whoa, what is this? Matt Silverman took footage he recorded from No Man's Sky, pulled some funny green screen tricks and keyframing and, and reversing the, the flow of the footage and essentially built a short film starring his five-year-old daughter, Greg Miller from Kinda Funny, and Austin Creed, the WWE wrestler and uh, up, up, down, down YouTube fame. And I got the, the chance to talk with him about how he brought that all together, uh, you know, what it's like kind of creating these videos with his daughter and watching her grow up through these, you know, uh, developing a community that is, is also getting to watch her grow up through all these videos and you know, how fatherhood has changed him as a creator and especially like what makes No Man's Sky such an important kind of piece of gaming history and you know the the versatility of using its uh, camera mode in multiplayer which effectively turns it into a film camera uh, literally going around the the kind of tool set uh, to do something really interesting so I hope you enjoy it I hope it gives you something unique to, to think about whether that's you know how fatherhood is kind of uh, impacting the way we tell stories in video games or just you know the silliness of watching a five-year-old say we didn't sign up for this so hope you enjoy it let us know on Twitter what you think and here's the show Hello again, and welcome to episode 186 of the 1099 podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Noop, and as always, I'm really grateful you're here with us. And I'm super grateful today to have Matt Silverman, the, I guess you could say, director, producer, creator, uh, dad, wrangler, baby wrangler of Nomad Squadron, the No Man's Sky fan film that uh, received a bit of uh, uh, hot off the presses popularity, just for one, how cute it is, and two, how, how just unique something is like that. Matt, how you doing? I am great. Thanks for having me, Jeff. So uh, you, you and I have a, a particularly funny connection. I noticed on your Twitter you said you're you're one of the video guys at Daily Dot, right? That is correct. I am actually the video guy. We have a the very small a very small <laughs> team, and we do that, uh, that some checks out. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's, it, we we do some editorial video, but we're we're focused on building this uh, little video agency inside of the Daily Dot, which is a publisher that we both work for. So uh, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a good day job. 
No, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I owe the Daily Dot a fair bit of my success because I used to work at a Barnes and Noble here in the uh, Chicago area, and uh, Daily Dot pays me enough now that I was like, hey, you know what, I, I'm gonna quit this and go full time freelance. And nice. there, there have been some hurdles along the way for sure, and you know, I've had to like, you know, reassess various things, but uh, I, I still enjoy coming into the Daily Dot and working with. Ramon and Austin and Monica and uh, uh, Challenger, whose name I will hopefully one day learn. But uh, <laughs> but I, I just thought it was so funny that like, oh, here's this really cool, here's this really cool fan video featuring No Man's Sky and this guy's daughter. Oh wait, he's also a daily daughter. Like this is the easiest get I could possibly ask. We're for. we're neighbors. We're in the same email and Slack, so we're, it's it's nice to connect with you. So yeah, uh, so tell me, let's let's just start off with the simple stuff. You have a YouTube channel called Free Dad Videos with your daughter. Uh, she's now five. Her name is Amelia, right? Correct. And and it's funny. I you know you go back and you've got maybe thirty videos or so. Uh, so you started this back when it looks like she was probably around like three years old with some simple like music videos or whatever. Good singing voice, by the way, Thank uh, you. yourself and. I it's it, I watched a lot of those and it was one of course incredibly endearing but also very interesting to see this kid grow up into a much more for lack of a better term like sentient thinking person <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> as much as a five year old can be right yeah. and and you've you've built this little brand out of yourself uh, and Amelia and what made you want to jump into that out of the first off. Yeah, well, you've hit it on the head. I mean, lo looking back at this channel, it is a, I don't know, a scrapbook, a, a time capsule of our family. So that's that's very special to us and, and our family and extended family. But um, and the reason we started the channel is really tied to that idea. Um, like all like most parents, I shouldn't say all parents, not, not all parents post their children on the Internet. But uh, like many parents, uh, my wife and I would share photos and videos of Amelia and also our son, Arthur, when he was born, uh, he's th almost three now. Um, and we would share them just to Instagram and Facebook and, and, you know, share with friends and family. And we would get these comments uh, rather consistently, like people would say, oh, you know, everyone shares their baby photos to Facebook and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But when you guys share it, you guys share it with, you know, your photos are good, your videos are funny. And I, you know, I don't have kids, but I really enjoy and look forward to seeing you photos and videos of Amelia. And so at, at, at you know, at that juncture, you know, it was kind of like, well, you know, both of her parents are professional content creators. So it's like not a shock that we like know how to stage a photo and we know how to like cut a video to make it funny. But people kept saying this could be a show. She's so funny. And Amelia was mm -hmm. she came out of the the delivery room, you know, speaking in full sentences. Hello, mother and father. You know, that that's that's she was born that way. She's incredibly bright and articulate. And so when you, you know, point a phone at her or a video camera, you'll get some really fun stuff. And then you kind of edit it down for clarity and you post it to Facebook and people are really loving it. And people kept saying, this could be a show. And so this, I guess it was very late 2015, early 2016, I said, all right, you know, I have this like, you know, talent. I have access to this talent 24 seven, this, uh, this little <laughs> actor. 
Uh, send her to a room too. <laughs> let's Go to your make trailer. Fun. Yeah, exactly. Craft services will be available between two and four. Uh, we embarked on this project and uh, it was uh, music videos and um, you know, I've been doing music production for a, a good long while. And then also what I was kind of, it was a show, but it was also what I was kind of saying, like sketch comedy of like silly vignettes of like, I showed Amelia Super Mario World for Super Nintendo and mm-hmm. she like liked the game, but wished that there was more Frozen in it, you know, like these sort of semi scripted, but that based was, on true events. As, as someone, I, I spent a week at a friend's house for like PAX West 2016 and every single morning was frozen. Yeah. Every single morning. He had, he had a little like probably a three or four year old and a two year old. And <laughs> I, I, I was tweeting out like, man, all you with your hotel entertainment packages, you can eat it. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, we, we were very, very frozen. We've moved on to more of a Moana uh, inside out uh, style house okay. now. And, and, um, by the way, Inside Out is is a perfect film. I will just that's my review of in, the, the Disney movie Inside Out. But anyway, um, launched the channel with a couple of videos, silly comedy and music, and uh, people just went kind of bananas. Like obviously, friends and family were enthusiastic, but as it started making its way out to the internet, we started getting press coverage. Um, you know, and a lot of it was the typical like. Oh my gosh, you'll never believe how cute this is when this mm-hmm. little girl sings. And so, you know, a lot of it, this was sort of the height of like Facebook clickbait sort of stuff. So lots of um, media would kind of glom onto it to our benefit and say, OMG, you'll never believe how cute this is. And it would send a lot of wonderful new audience our way. And, and a lot of the audience would just be like, oh my gosh, that's so cute and great. We would get some views on on the video. But a really a, a lovely uh, handful stuck around and said, I love Amelia. I love your channel. I love your family. I can't wait for the next video. And as we continue to publish, that core audience of folks were just so supportive and loving. And, and those are the folks who are uh, continue to subscribe and, and support us today. And, and you know, we, we, we try, I try to make a big splash here and there with the channel and try to do something new and innovative when I can, but in, and it, but in between those projects, we are um, publishing little funny uh, vignettes about our family um, Mm -hmm. for that core audience. And and they've been incredibly supportive. And, you know, I, the, the trying something new out, you you did that in spades with this uh, Nomad Squadron trailer and, and soon to come the, the uh, full short film. And I don't know if I would like be sitting here interviewing you if this was just talking about uh, the Free Dad Videos YouTube channel, because this, of course, this the 1099, of course, tries to focus on uh, games, media, games, culture and and just people who are creating things in the game space. But to see someone not only, you know, a a person uh, making cute, funny, amusing, uh, endearing videos with their daughter, but to do it in a no man's sky setting with the music with the the special effects with greg miller and austin creed uh (laughs) i i i happen to be on kind of funny games daily uh friday the 25th i think it was and uh i i spoke with him a little bit about it he's like oh yeah no it was so fun it was so cute i like that was such a, a weird unique experience to do that and i was like this is greg miller and austin creed with a five year old 
baby <laughs> going on adventures. This is this is like the new this is the new generation of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies or something. This but. is this is the internet. This is internet creator culture, and uh, I am here for it. So tell me, what is I I don't know if like I I don't think I can assume that Amelia cares too much about No Man's Sky, but No Man's Sky, why is it important to you or Amelia? Yeah, um, well, I'll I'll back up just a smidge and say that um, g- video games are incredibly important to me, and they are incredibly important to Amelia. She absolutely loves video games in, in general, um, and I play them with her. She's very um, interested in watching. Like, we play together, and she's very interested in watching. She's less interested mm-hmm. in actually playing. She really enjoys the story of games like Legend, Legend of Zelda, Chrono Trigger, uh, you know, a lot of RPGs and adventure games from our childhood and also the the current iterations of those franchises. She absolutely loves them. Um, And it's a really uh, important bonding experience for us. And then I bring that content into the channel. So, you know, getting back to like these cute little vignettes and funny moments, well, we bring that into the channel through video games. You know, my wife had my wife scored a an original Nintendo Entertainment System at a thrift shop, like an insane. She just snatched it off the shelf for like thirty bucks or something ridiculous, oh, cool. and brought it home. <clears throat> and I said, "Amelia, open this box." And I took out my phone, rolled camera, and I was like, "What do you think this is?" And she's like, mm, "A three D printer, you know." And I like made a video <laughs> of it. Like my five year old daughter who loves video games opened up an NES and thought it was a three D printer because. She lives in the, in 2019 in this in in this world that we even, inhabit, and it was so funny. Even just a kid who like knows what a 3D printer is is a little mind boggling. Well, here that I means this is the thing. We live in an amazing time for children's media. She listens to podcasts about science and watches uh, shows and YouTube videos about science and technology. She absolutely loves outer space uh, and things of that sort. So, like. 3D printer is part of her vocabulary because she's very bright and she's very engaged with this I, kind of media. I did see media. your uh, I did see your Halloween video from a, probably a year or two ago, uh, and she was dressed up as a scientist and she was obsessed with like being a scientist, and that's yes. so cool. Yes, a scientist and an artist. That is her that that is her trajectory when she wants to grow up. That's what she wants to be. Um, so, you know, so video games are part of our lives and culture. They are important to our YouTube channel. And so getting back to your original question, No Man's Sky is, gosh, uh, when it when it came onto the scene, I guess this is probably it's had a, it's had a weird journey. So, it has had a weird journey. Indeed. I, I was I was the day one buyer and like I will fully admit that uh, after, you know, getting my hands on it and kind of spending 10, 15 hours with it, I was like, I'm not sure if if I actually enjoy this. But and mm-hmm. I and for a moment, I, I took it to GameStop and I was like, how much trade in credit can I get for this? No. And, they, and, they, and they said like uh, 20 bucks. And I'm like, you know what? I, I paid like the full 50 or 60 for it. I was like, you know what? I would rather uh, Hello Games have the profit. Like mm-hmm. even even if even if I didn't fully end up enjoying it, the the sheer ingenuity in a project mm-hmm. like that uh, deserves to be rewarded. Yep, I, I I do agree. I was I think it might be the only game I've ever pre-ordered, and I didn't pre-order it for like to get some sort of bonus or whatever. It was just like when this thing comes out i'm i need to be able to play it 
right away because it's so it's it's a landmark achievement in mm-hmm. what video games could be and are um are hurtling toward um and you know for listeners i think your listeners probably know the general story of like you know it was it didn't live up to the expectations that it was advertised to be and then um for better or worse the, the developers kind of went silent after that first backlash and what the community was angry about is that they we you know not we the community thought that they kind of you know disappeared never to be seen again but what actually was happening was they just went heads down uh they shut up and mm-hmm. they got back to work on making the game that they wanted to make who knows what actually happened, but like, you know, you and I are people who are adjacent to the game's business and we we see startups and, and publishers and we, we see all the things that can go wrong. They partnered with Sony as a PS4 console exclusive. And, you know, my hunch is that things were rushed and they were pushed to meet deadlines that they probably couldn't make. And, and then they... they- they had that uh the their office flooded like midway through the right project, they got they had a huge setback I'm yeah sure like you know maybe playstation gave them some leeway like okay freak accident you've got insurance like we'll give you another six months to a year or whatever but that still like has to be such a blow yeah insurance does not give you your data back so no. if they lost work from that then it's just that's tragic so you know it, it's not, it was not a great look for them to go silent for a time but in my view, as a fan and a player, uh, the game in its current iteration now was worth the wait because it is it has delivered on everything that was promised and more. And now they have been in touch with the community regularly saying, we're still working. We still believe in this game. We still believe in you as a community. Thank you for the suggestions. They, they, they did, as you probably know, if you're a fan, like this, these elaborate uh arg games where it was like hey we're teasing a new update but follow all these clues to mm-hmm. figure out what's going to be in the next game and like this community just like it was amazing they, they they were they were piecing it was like sherlock holmes like piecing together these clues because people were so psyched about what this game could be and um no man's sky next was the, the the major update and it radically transformed the game into what it is today and, and, and on some sense, just the the way the game flows and the way uh, uh, the like meta narrative, you know, it's got, it's it now like has an actual narrative. But the, before the next update, uh, it 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 was much more reliant on like, you know, hey, y- you why don't why don't you think of of something that happened here or like name something, name a, a plant or an animal and like give it give it a story, you know. And that's what I did when I first played it. I I went to like this one lush planet that had these weird like rolling hills that looked like like big pipes kind of like raising into the sky and then there was uh i went to a moon that was completely barren like for miles you could not see anything and i went up to like up a peak and looked down into like the valley that i had i had just come from and uh, I later found out it was just cause like the game couldn't go further with draw distance, but I was like, Oh, that's such a cool, like mysterious fog down there. Like right. the, the game just literally couldn't render that far down. I suppose. Right, right. Uh, this seems like no man's sky. And this, this ties into like what you've eventually gone on to do is it, it is a game 
where you are free to make your own story in a sense Mm -hmm. um that it can be a boring story it can be an action-filled story but it's 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 on you because you are this this lone traveler through a universe that doesn't understand you any more than you understand it yeah yeah that that's that's absolutely it and I love those types of games. And, and what I've come to realize is that they're not for everyone. No, Some people want to just shoot things and have nonstop action. And cool, that's fair, I get it. Yeah. Fair. I mean, those you enjoy those games. I enjoy some of those games. Though, those shooters are not my, my typical style. Um, some people are like, where's the story? I need to go from point A to point B and have an epic thing happen and beat the bad guy. And that I need that, you know. Um, I tease my wife because she's like, what's the point of this game or that game? Like, She's like, in Mario, you start at the beginning of the level and you go to the end of the level. Sonic, you reach the finish line. Mm -hmm. She doesn't understand the the open world, the the draw of an open world. And I'm like, yeah, I I get that. I I get that we're, you know, we're different types of mentalities. For No Man's Sky, it is just, they they literally created a universe with math, a universe, or I should say a galaxy-sized galaxy and planets that you can land on and they are actually the size of planets. Now, Mm -hmm. the criticism of that open-worldiness is that it's just math generating terrain over and over again. So there are some amazing, beautiful, mysterious things you can discover. But if you kind of pull back and look at this um this universe it is a it is it can be very static it can be very lifeless you know there are obviously like like space it can be filled with just lifeless void sure sure Uh, yeah there there might be this planet but that doesn't mean there's anything interesting on it uh and, and it makes it makes you reflect on like how one out of a trillion earth is and uh i think the community like you know gave some grief like oh we we still can't find the the giant like sandworms that were shown in like the first trailer, something like that. I was like, I don't know if those are in there, but if they are, man, kudos to whoever can, can actually find it. And totally. uh, So on a, on what then made you want to put your daughter in that universe in a kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, linear kind of format, telling a story in the no man's Mm -hmm. sky. Tell me what sparked that idea off. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, when No Man's Sky Next came out, which was a major overhaul of the game and the game's mechanics, but uh, very importantly, it added a it added a true multiplayer. Um, you know, it's not an MMO where you can like find other players. You kind of hop in and out of uh, other players' games. So um, that revolutionized how the game worked. And so people were hopping into each other's games and playing and exploring the the galaxy with each other. And it was a big success. Obviously, people were really excited about it. And what I noticed is that when you are playing online with another uh, player, uh, you know, the game has a photo mode where you can... um, you know, you're on a planet or you're in space and you you pause the action and you take an epic screenshot. You know, you, you can filter it. You can change the direction of the lighting and take a beautiful photo of whatever you've discovered. And then, But when you're in multiplayer mode, the action can't pause because there are other players in your game. Mm-hmm. So photo mode actually became video mode. And uh, I noticed it in the game, but also members of the community, other YouTubers started 
taking video compilations of these like beautiful sunsets and ringed planets and starships moving through space and they would stitch them together in these very cinematic uh compilations setting them to music and it was like oh whoa now we have a video camera that we can take anywhere in the galaxy this is the largest sort of machinima film set ever created and we can go anywhere the possibilities are this is amazing anymore (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i i kind of sat back and and i was like okay what can we do here and um in my mind really getting right back to your point about creating your own story um there is a there is a story in no man's sky that was added into the game uh with subsequent updates but it's very meta and it's very Mm -hmm. um you know it's very philosophical and it's cool but it's not you know i am very interested in like this the frontier of space and the 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 fringes the of the civilized galaxy. The of that, yeah. Who are who are the people yeah. selling you junk and like what do they do day in and day out in this little weird exactly. patch of the universe? Exactly. You know, I often say like Star Trek is cool and I respect Star Trek, but it's very scientific and philosophical and clinical, and it's about these very regimented journeys and voyages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at least like old Star Trek and like Next Generation, but Star Wars is Han Solo kicking around the backwater galaxy, uh, just picking up a bounty and trying to stay alive. That's the sci-fi that I love. And No Man's Sky is just beautifully stylistic. It's it's crisp and 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 elegant, but it's also it can be dirty and grungy in be in beautiful ways. Uh, and so you've got this like beautiful un like beautiful um, frontier style universe. But no, no Han Solo story in it yet, you know, not in the game itself. But like if you're a player, you can kind of imagine yourself to be that sort of character. And I said, okay, I've got a galactic film studio. I've got a movie camera. I've got these beautiful ships and worlds. And I've got uh, an actor. You know, I've got my my daughter who is the star. Who is the, the <laughs> yeah, she's the star of our channel. She is the, the, the point of the channel, you know, essentially. Um what can I actually do in this uh, universe? So I, I sat down and started writing an original story based on what I thought uh, was possible uh, in the game and quickly realized uh, that, you know, I wrote something that was a lot of the things I wrote were like not impossible, but really challenging to to do. And I kind of boxed myself into a, a stupid corner of like, Hmm, I have to rethink how to actually make this, uh, it, which was hard, but also really, uh, really good. It, it, it challenged me to um, to develop so, this in, in a new way. So yeah, tell me uh, at, at the time we're recording this, this is uh, Tuesday, January 29th, and the, the video is going to be out probably shortly, uh, if not like today, the next couple days here, right? And uh, I so I haven't seen the the full movie, just the trailer. Uh how 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 do you kind of bring that together one with uh a five-year-old actor and two with two uh, like austin creed and greg miller uh i i did speak with greg and he's like yeah i just did in front of my green screen and he sent the the space suit over but like how do you begin to compile that together and you don't you spent six months on this so it clearly took some level of like refiguring things out over and over 
Indeed, indeed. Um, and I should say, you know, six, you know, as we discussed, I, I work full time. Yeah. Uh, I'm a parent. Uh, six months of like nights and weekends grinding away at, at certain challenges, you know, so n- not necessarily a solid six months. But yes, it, it has been a, a, a big, a big undertaking for me personally. I'm not a professional animator or anything like that. Um, and, you know, the, the, the linchpin is that um, green screen, chroma keying, can work really well, or it could look super goofy and cheesy. And uh, what I um, what I just pinpointed is that if you put live actors in a very concise, enclosed, pre- like precise space, like the cockpit of a ship, then it's like okay, they are sitting in a ship and they're not going anywhere. They are inhabiting that environment very precisely, and with the right sort of lighting and colorization, you can um, you can make that look pretty good. But this idea of you know walking around a space station in your spacesuit like that would get hokey very quickly. Mm-hmm. And what we actually what I had done previously on the channel was a a re not a recut but a um and and not really a parody but like an homage to the trench run battle from star wars uh, episode four where amelia plays uh mark hamill's part and they go into the they 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 blow up the death star but i just i i created an x-wing cockpit and i put amelia in there and whenever mark hamill is on the screen i just cut him out and put hit put amelia in there um, and that I learned a lot about chroma keying. Like, oh, she was in front of a green screen and then I chroma keyed her in, added some lighting. And when you cut that against the um, the Death Star and the, and the models and, and, and all the ships and stuff from the actual Star Wars movie and you put that footage, the real footage of Star Wars behind the cockpit, it actually looks pretty decent and it can kind of fool a casual eye. You know, we all, we know they're not in space, but it, but it looks like star Wars and the exact same, I did the exact same process here. Uh, and I, I knew that if I could film clean green screen footage of her and get uh, clean footage from Austin and Greg, and they are professional video creators. So, I, you know, they were perfect. Not only, not only do they have the talent, uh, which was so important to the to the film, but they have the technical expertise to be like, yep, all right, crop it this way. Make sure your arm doesn't cross the screen so that you're you know you don't fly out of the cockpit. Um, I knew I could rely on them to give me that, and they and they certainly delivered. And then you kind of composite the actors into the cockpit, and then you know I'm chroma keying out. The, so the the short version is, as you know, as a No Man's Sky player. There are the, the 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 space in No Man's Sky is very colorful. So there are some star systems that look like outer space, like look mm-hmm. dark black or blue, and some star systems that are like bright orange or bright green. And so I found a green star system and then took video images of the cockpits and the ships against a clear green uh, background. You know, you have to fly away from the planets, fly away from the asteroids, so there's no stuff in your background. And then compositing that with the actors and then with footage of um, gameplay footage of ships flying, but in reverse. So what they're flying away from the footage, if that makes any sense, it's hard to hard to explain uh, without a visual. Um, no, uh, so like, but like it, if you're playing like the game, a, like kind of a 
the thing I'm thinking of right now is like old Ray Harryhausen kind of things where it was like you, they, it wasn't necessarily happening in time with people, but they were kind of like playing back a, a, a recording and like mimicking the actions they should have been making. They, like when a sort uh, of, yeah, all these pieces are, are essentially disconnected. Yeah. So it's just Amelia saying yeah. lines over and over again until she gets it right. And then picking the best take, plopping her in the cockpit, which is a, a, a video footage of a ship just sitting mm-hmm. still, and then putting that on top of footage of me flying through the gotcha. real star system, but I'm flying forward in the game, but then I reverse the footage so that it's actually flying backwards and it looks like the ship is coming okay. toward Okay, yeah, now, uh, I'm, now I'm getting it because you, you basically just you erase the, the body of the ship and it looks like they're like like the X-Wing trench run. It looks like they're coming at you instead of like flying forward like you would in any normal video game. Gotcha. Exactly. Uh, in the Star Wars video, you know, in in Star Wars, there's footage of, you know, the X-Wings go into the trench and you see it from the first person point of view and they're flying forward into mm-hmm. the trench. I clipped that out, reversed it and put it behind the cockpits of the pilots so that it looks like they're flying away you know they're flying Mm -hmm. toward you um and and the minute you do that the minute you match all the like if i tried to like create a you know a trench or 3d model it or something like it would not match the rest of the the aesthetic of the video so marrying all these parts and basically chopping all these parts up and stitching them together um is the key and making edit editing choices. It is the key to like, it's the difference between like, Oh, good try, buddy. It looks kind of like silly. And I guess that was cute versus like, Whoa, well Whoa. done. Yeah. Like this looks <laughs> pretty know, good. And, the, and it, oh, I think that's what that? set this apart is like, there's, there's countless, countless fan videos of, of various video game properties. You know, like you said, machinima has been this thing since the birth of YouTube. And, Aside from, you know, the, the cuteness of Amelia, what sets us apart is there is there is a, a method to it, I suppose. And and that that also elevates Amelia's profile. And it is like, OK, not only is this some cute footage of a girl going like, you know, we don't get paid enough for this, but also but also she's <laughs> I believe she is firing those rockets in a way. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. That is uh, that's the goal. And, um, you know this was when I, when I started the project, my thought was, well, we've got this video camera that can go anywhere. All I need is multiplayer. Let me get a few like, like-minded no man's sky people mm-hmm. into the game and I'll just film ships moving around in this system and then cut them together really fast. And it's like, Nope, space is super big and you can't, follow these tiny ships in a way that actually looks like cinematic they just you're just it just kind of looks like a wobbly camera with these like flimsy ships just like loop like going across the screen and it's like well that stinks like this doesn't look like anything cool and so as i'm like smashing this together and reformatting and redoing it i'm like oh well if i put those ships on a green screen and just move the camera I can put the ship wherever I want. So if I have Amelia in the cockpit, I can have a ship racing toward her from behind. That ship was mm-hmm. not actually there in the game. It's just sitting there and I'm animating it as it's moving forward. And, you know, I'm certainly not comparing myself to any like 
real visual effects artist, but but essentially what I'm doing is like when Industrial Light and Magic like made an X-wing model and put it on a green screen and like flew it like by hand across the camera and then composited it over the Death Star, like that's exactly what I'm doing here. I'm just doing it with digital model. Like the models were made for me yeah. already by the game developer. I'm just moving them around in a virtual space, which was hard for me because I'm not an animator, but like way easier than like making anything from scratch. And, and you know, like there's in the last eh, three ish years, maybe more, there's been a big kind of uh, attraction to camera modes in video games. And uh, mm. uh, there have been multiple articles and, and like even some people have even done some really crazy things with, you know, the, the, the different filters or, or like poses of you can put a character in. it is, it is a static form of machinima. Right. But uh, mm-hmm. with with something like a multiplayer game that happens to have a well, a game that started as single player and is now multiplayer, but it has a camera mode and how, like you said, it turns it from a camera into a into a video camera. And that that to me is just like this crazy emergent idea of like, oh, <laughs> Well, of course it turned into a video camera. And of course, like now you've got people who are like challenging themselves using this like very different set of tools to do a very different kind of thing in a very different kind of universe like No Man's Sky. And that's that's that came out of absolutely nowhere. And you used it to uh, a plum. And we've gotten comments, uh, a couple of them that are like, imagine if Hello Games added camera tools and keyframing yeah. and things of that sort into the game itself. Because what we're doing is like, we're just using photo mode and the, and the action still runs. So I'm using a third party uh, video capture tool to just capture what's on my screen and then mix it up how we need it. But imagine if you could like, put the camera anywhere or have multiple cameras in the game and then trigger, okay, this character walks here, then this ship flies by, then this, you're talking about, I guess, like Gary's mm-hmm. mod level, um, you know, ad, you know, construction and animation, which would require a ton of development. But imagine if that was in a game like No Man's Sky, which is not just like, okay, it's a, it's a little field where you're playing your Minecraft mission. It's like, it's a universe and it's gorgeous. And there's all kinds of ships and buildings and aliens and an infinite amount of them, you know, that, that would be unbelievable until then, you know, we will just be kind of hacking and modding our way through these projects. I suppose. And so uh, getting back a bit more to like the personal side of things and with, with Amelia, especially tell me what was it, <laughs> I, I figured, uh, yeah, you probably had to like repeat a few lines, uh, like you said, until she gets them right, because she's five and that's fine. And she's she's having for the most important thing is that she's having fun and that she'll have this to look back on. But uh, w- what was it like kind of working with her and getting her to kind of buy into this uh, kind of creative vision? Yeah, it's that's a great question. You're, you're, you're really good is... at bouncing off of her uh understandably childishness uh you you i before we recorded this i think yesterday or two days ago you recorded a little uh q a thing of like the youtube comments and amelia responding to some of them and the the cutest damn thing was uh in this universe there's i I, i'm mad i'm mad at you dad and it's like why are you mad because you called it (laughs) nomad squadron i'm like oh my god (laughs) 
that's the the mind of a five-year-old just like hearing hearing sounds and syllables and then just making up things around them uh and and you know she's she's very verbal and she's very bright so she's just and, and she is now a reader like she's in kindergarten and she has uh she's not not just like recognizing words but actually reading words so like thinking about the word structure of nomad and and pulling it apart was just, I was not expecting her to say any of that in, in that little video. So that was, uh, that was fun. You know, to answer your question, uh, she, because the lines are so precise and because some of them are technical, like she has to talk about mm-hmm. pulse engines and decrypting data and things of that sort in the script. Um, these are words and concepts that she doesn't say on a daily basis. So I have to get her to repeat them. Uh, often and she tends to get frustrated if I ask her to say the same line like three or four times and so it's you know I have to be very mindful of um, not not making her so frustrated where she gives up on the project moving on to new parts then coming back making her laugh and getting silly while we're filming because the 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 beauty of this structure is that um, it's not a linear performance obviously she, all she has to do is deliver a line that's probably one to two seconds long and then bam it cuts away to space action and then it cuts back to her and then back to space action then it cuts to greg then it cuts to austin you know so um that's why this format works she doesn't actually have to give a coherent performance she just has to say these you know 25 30 lines which is a lot yeah. for a five-year-old to do, but it's tiny, tiny, it's the, tiny it's the little, little pieces. Banter that you uh, hear in something like the, um, like a like a Millennium Millennium Falcon uh, fight, like you know, don't get cocky, kid, just something simple like that. But it it, exactly. it evokes a character, and I can imagine that uh, maybe for for some of the lines, like the one that's in the trailer, you know, we don't get paid enough for this or something like that, or we this isn't the job we signed up for. If she had to repeat that four times and got a little flustered by the fourth take, that just that just helps. <laughs> yeah, <you're right. laughs> exactly. Exactly. That just, that just sells the grizzled five year old character. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And so I I am really fascinated on a personal level by in the last few years, we've seen the concept and theme of, of fatherhood really uh, impact ver- various video games. God of War uh, in particular is kind of this big one where uh, Corey Barlog, the creator, uh, has has spoken about, you know, the kinds of things he's taken from his life. When you're creating a video, whether it's Nomad Squadron or something else on Free Dad videos, uh, what kinds of like fatherly things are you thinking? How has fatherhood changed you as a creator? I suppose. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, it has really fundamentally changed my outlook on creativity and creation because I th- you you alluded to this earlier. Like the whole brand of the channel is focused around my my role as you know Amelia and my role as her dad and and the channel doesn't none of this exists until she was born and became you know was was able to talk and perform and things like that so um that's obviously at the core of everything and in some in a very simplistic way you know I look at it as like she's the talent and I am the video producer. So that those are the two very simplistic static roles. And that's, that works. But on a, but on the next level, it's like, you know, 
I, I want, uh, my wife and I have a very, we're very in tune with this um, equitable relationship that we have mm-hmm. as parents. Meaning, um, my wife is a professional. Uh, she is a journalist and is most recently a marketer. Um, and she works full time. I work full time. We are both working parents, and then we come home, and we, then we are both moms and dads. Mm-hmm. You know, and so this balance of like, I'm, you know, I guess a generation ago, it was like dad goes to work and then comes home and spends a few hours with the kids, and mom is with the kids all the time. That's not what our household is like. So, what I've learned is that um, our channel is perceived as a fatherhood channel. And I hope that we are sort of a family role model for um, what fatherhood could or should be in the 21st century. I mean, that's I don't want to aggrandize it too much because it's just silly videos. But I want to make sure I, I, I know kids are watching because mm-hmm. people tell us so. I know families are watching with their kids. And I want to make sure that um, like f- fatherhood is just always presented in a progressive and positive way in all media, but certainly in the tiny little bits of media that I get to create. That's important to me. And I, and I imagine on some scale, you're, you're also trying to protect uh, Amelia from, from whatever community uh, grows around the YouTube channel, because while there, while there, yeah, there's gotta be plenty of, of happy families who are like, you know, Hey, thanks for doing this. Or like, you know, you've, you've inspired us to do something or just, you know, that was super cute. There's also gotta be some negativity, but you're, you seem to be really good at like, Worst case scenario, you can distract her from that with like a simple joke or something like that, or or uh, uh, <laughs> like it, I don't know. But you seem to you seem to like also be protective of her, and I think that comes through in the videos. Well, we're at an interesting uh, time and age for her because she is um, aware of what is going on. Mm-hmm. Like she's aware that. Uh, that other people slash strangers are watching the video and uh, enjoying her and interacting with, with her content, but she, she doesn't have access to a device that access the ac- accesses the internet. Meaning, you know, she watches, uh, you know, uh, television and, and YouTube, uh, and, and, and streaming video like any other kid, but we don't hand her an mm-hmm. iPad. She is not in control of viewing, the comments or viewing other media. So anything that is said to the channel through messages or through comments are entirely filtered through me. Now we will reach a point uh, perhaps when she's seven or 10 or something where she will be fully cognizant of her visibility, I guess, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, or her, you know, like I hesitate to call her a public figure, but like millions of people have viewed her face and videos. So she is known to the world in some respects. And so there will be a point, an inflection point where she will say, yes, this is cool. I want to keep doing this. And I want to be able to like interact with the media and the the conversation. Or she will say, no, I don't like being out Mm -hmm. there this is not for me. And at that point it will end for sure, because like I want to respect her privacy and her will, you know, her choice to, to do so. Um, but what is really fascinating. And I, I, I just, 
I'm constantly grateful and, and blown away by this. As you you know, as a as someone who makes stuff on the internet, negativity is out there and it will always find mm-hmm. you. And for everything I've ever made in my professional or creative life, there's you there's always like, hey, like this is so great, cool, cool, cool. And there's always like, why did you this sucks? Why did you do this? this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And it's on this channel, it's a tiny sliver of a fraction of of almost nothing of negativity. There's no mean, weird, racist, sexist, weird, creepy stuff. There, there is almost none of that. I, I, I could count on one finger the times. Uh, excuse me, I could count on one hand the times <laughs> on one that I've had to like <laughs> that I've had to like delete or block a comment. And it's it's amazing that there's that there really is no negativity on the channel but it's also kind of weird like where's all the creeps yeah. <laughs> like i don't know where they are where but they're are not the here uh, where are the creeps slogan but <laughs> exactly so so we're very grateful and i i'm very um i don't know i'm very enthusiastic it's a, it's a signal to me that like there's something about the channel or about her that like it just brings loving and supportive people in and the people who don't care about it are like man whatever they just don't care and they don't come and they don't watch and they don't to me to me there's like there's maybe three or so levels of children's youtube out there there's the like absolute bare bottom level which is uh was it that that daddy daddy oh five kind of daddy uh, five like you know just really exploiting his children uh or like that that family is exploiting all of their children for outrage clicks and views and 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 mm-hmm. publicity and profile raising and then there's there's a, a perfectly okay moderate level you know like hey here's here's just this video i posted of my kid doing something funny without much forethought about uh w- if it goes viral by some strange chance, like what might the reaction be? Will they get exposed to negativity at yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then there's you where you've on one level, this is personal for you. It is literally a, a scrapbook of the last two or three years of Amelia's life uh, from like the beginning of her actual like sentience to, to, to <laughs> now uh, where she's definitely beginning to show more and more uh, cognizance and awareness of, of the community around her. Uh, but she still tells them to, you know, eat poop or something. And, <laughs> and, and you, you, it's not exploitative, at least it doesn't feel like it. And it's clear that there is a level of uh, protection and, and warrant. Cause like I think you've you've got like what forty videos on that channel, but like that's over the course of a, a two or three years, and it's not like you're putting yeah. this out weekly. It's not like it's not like you're holding her to a schedule. I can tell that like you maybe you guys took a break in the middle of a video and you come back because like girl needs a snack, man. You know, yeah, <laughs> uh, totally, and, and totally. So, so yeah, that feels that yeah. feels on some level really good to see on the internet. It's nice to know that that is coming through because it's certainly the case. This is not a profit-making endeavor. You know, there ha- we have had conversations of like, you know, could we go – the only way this could ever be a living is if we go full-time, do it all the yeah. time, do it weekly or twice a week and make content all the time and we're like – you know market the heck out of it and you know and and that was a cool idea but um it's a incredibly risky so that's not good for our you know our lives you know financial lives 
um, and B, the idea that like my livelihood would hinge on whether or not Amelia could like deliver mm-hmm. the goods or deliver a line this week or that week. Like mm, that's <laughs> not a good, that's not a good situation, especially because she is a, she doesn't, she, I, she doesn't like say, daddy, let's make the next video. I'm ready to perform. It's usually like, Hey, what do you, we're making this cool thing. What do you think? You want to sing this song today? And it'll be like, mm, not today. And it'll be like, okay, I got to try to convince sure. her to be, to get excited about it. And if it's not happening, then it's, it's not happening. And if my paycheck depends on whether or not it happens, that's going to be create a very bad dynamic. We, we had done a, a quite a few sponsored videos for uh, actually a different channel. Um, and we were very happy with the work and they came out great. But like, I, I was making less things that I was excited mm-hmm. about and more things that like brought in a few bucks. And I was like, I love working with you guys, but I'm going to have to pass on XYZ because I want to make, I'm going to like go into space and make an adventure, you know, instead of like, try this app. And also you know? they, they probably um, hold you to much more strict guidelines or rules or timelines that, you know, if, if Amelia is involved or something like that, uh, or yeah. certainly, uh, Certainly. and I suppose like the, the only other last thing I could say is like, it's funny you, you mentioned long ago in this interview that like she, she'll watch you play Zelda or, uh, some other like simple games and those games like, like Zelda, they have typically like a very simple at its core kind of story, a, a hero's call. And I think that that is really similar or parallel to, something like frozen or or moana here is this person this this young person who receives a call to adventure a call to action and and develops as a person like they they learn some sort of young person lesson you know don't be don't be cocky or rely on others or or you know love your family kind of thing like that and that's that's what a lot of those kind of classic adventures end up being is you know uh uh figure out a plan and be smart and and make some friends along the way kind of thing like that yeah absolutely i i say very often you know when you're in gaming culture you understand the value of video games and you also know that video not all video games are created equal there are some outstanding works of amazing literature in video game like like interactive literature essentially and there is candy crush yeah. you know and and angry birds and and so those are those are both video games but they are not the same type or quality of media um and what is really special is that we played a game like chrono trigger which is you know an rpg from the 90s and guess what there's no voice acting in that it's all mm-hmm. text so you know 10 minutes before bed we're playing chrono trigger and it's i am essentially reading her a story and guess what it's not a story about like oh the the bumblebee went to the flower and that wasn't that cute we're talking about time travel paradoxes like i'm sitting with my four-year-old explaining time travel to her and she's like yep i can't wait to go to uh, prehistoric times because we got to get you know we got to find isla and bring her to the past uh, to the present so we can fight this bad guy like i am so excited and and thrilled to share that complexity of media with my daughter and that she not only loves it but she she really understands it she gets it for the most part and uh that's really special and there's no other medium that cap that, that can convey that kind of 
narrative or the, the the depth of narrative like a video game in my opinion and that's wonderful and i and i really hope that you and amelia have you know a, a, as many adventures in the future as there are planets in in no man's sky so only only, <laughs> only 40 trillion left to go uh exactly <laughs> so yeah so uh by the time this episode goes up uh folks the the full movie should be out there correct Yes, we are launching the film. Uh, I hesitate to call it a film. Sure. Uh, you know, Steven yeah. Spielberg yeah. makes films. I make I make internet videos. But yes, the f- the full video will be available within the month yep. of January. So definitely by the end of this. So month. definitely by the time you hear this recording, you should definitely be able to go find this. And uh, the YouTube channel is Free Dad Videos. And Matt, thank you so much. This has been a fascinating conversation, and I've I've really appreciated kind of getting a window into. Uh, uh, what it's like to create with a young person like that and the way your fatherhood has impacted your work. And I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been my pleasure.